Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Our questions today are from two moms of toddlers. Surprise! It's a good thing toddlers are so cute because it can be a very trying stage. When my husband and I used to talk about having another baby or not, he would say he couldn't do the sleepless nights again. And I said I couldn't do toddlerhood again. (laughs) Sorry, parents of toddlers, but that's the truth. It's not even the tantrums and the meltdowns and the big emotions. I think I can handle those pretty well like a champ by now, but for me, it's the constant watching and the movement. At a party, at a pool, at the park, you just can't sit down. When I watch moms of toddlers at our summer swim team practices and how they constantly have to be following or chasing their toddlers and can't even have a conversation with the mom next to them, I knew I was done, but three times is enough for me. So before I get to these questions about toddlers, I want to remind everyone that I'm finally participating in Small Business Saturday this year, that I'm supporting a great organization that helps kids build skills they'll need in the new world, and that's Junior Achievement. And you can go back and listen to last week's episode to learn more if you didn't catch that last week. This week, I wanted to share my small business story. Now, a little of this I shared before, and we'll review very quickly just to give you the background, but the rest of it is more of the behind the scenes business part of the story that I've never shared anything about. So a quick background, after I had my first son, Carter, I was looking down into his beautiful, screaming, four-month-old face at four o'clock in the afternoon during this afternoon meltdown while I was still home on maternity leave, and my heart was just overflowing with love for him. I knew I wanted to do things differently than my parents had, and I knew in that moment I wanted to help other families do the same, to navigate parenthood with love and confidence. So I went back and got my master's degree. But upon working with children and families, a lot of them in middle school, the kids, not the parents, I saw the breakdowns in communication and how negative patterns that had been established in the earlier years were now backfiring big time. So I decided to offer more preventative options. Now, originally, I wanted to open a physical space, but my husband talked me out of that, and I'm so glad he did. The kids were still small, and it would have been really tough. I also wanted to be able to help parents on their time and from anywhere, and so the idea for the website was born. We had recently moved to a smaller town north of the LA metro area called Santa Clarita. Now, if you watch Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix, that's us, minus the zombies, I hope. Most of the exterior neighborhoods, jogging trails are shot here in town, and the inside jokes definitely reflect this town. Just for one, our overabundance of real estate agents. 
Now, Santa Clarita was opening a business incubator, and so I applied, and I became one of the four inaugural businesses chosen to participate. Now, because of that experience, I was nominated from the incubator to participate as a member of the local college's business alliance group, which I talked about last week. Now, my role there is to help the college support and grow entrepreneurship in our community, to prepare their students to be more entrepreneurial-minded, work for startups, or even start businesses of their own. Now, one last thing to share before I go to the first question is that honestly, starting and running my own business has been the hardest thing I have ever done. Yes, even harder than parenting so far. Now, I don't know if it just has to do with being the main person in charge of childcare and a business owner, or if it's just running a startup to begin with, but either way, it has been quite a journey and a very stressful one at times. And I do now understand why so many businesses fail. A lot of times, it's not that they aren't good ideas or even profitable, but it takes a lot of tenacity and perseverance to push through each new challenge. In my mind, for me, there was no giving up. I am a very tenacious person. There was no point where I hit that point where I was just done or at a complete loss of what to do. I was stymied or perplexed at times, and I still am, and I still will be, I'm sure, about what to try or where to go next. But I never felt I was out of options or completely out of energy to even try to find the next answer that I needed. But in order to keep moving forward, it has definitely forced me to grow as a person. Hence why I believe even more that our kids need coping and resiliency and problem solving skills so that challenges like starting a business won't hold them back if that's what they want to do. So they have every tool at their capacity to take advantage of every opportunity that life offers them. Also next week, in continuing to share about our small business, I'm going to introduce you to Ashley, who has been working with me since almost the beginning, behind the scenes. You've probably all seen her work. You'll get to hear a little bit from Ashley next week. Okay, so let's talk about toddlers. Our first question is from Rebecca. Hello, Erin. I love your podcast and only wish I had found it sooner. My question is about my 16-month-old daughter that started pushing the boundaries at around 13 months. It's getting so much worse as she gains more and more confidence. We are a very calm, cuddly family, and we and I spend a lot of time with her. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so it's not for a lack of attention. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. There are two cupboards she knows she isn't allowed into, but no matter what I say or do, she looks at me in the eye and pulls it open. I will be trying to use the one, two, three magic with more of a consequence attached. But when I tried that last, she turned it into a game. So much fun, mom, you were counting. Now she counts along with me. I feel she needs a stronger line, but I don't want to be harsh, so I'm caught just taking toys away. For another example, she has been standing at the top of her slide, and both her father and I have tried countless ways of trying to make her understand that if she falls, it will hurt her, stating a consequence of taking the slide away if she continues. That, in turn, brings her attention to standing. Now she just stands up to see if we're watching and see if she will get away with it, looking us in the eyes like it's a dare, then dropping to her bomb and haphazardly flying down the slide. Needless to say, the slide has been taken away for the time being. The problem is, the slide and some other toys we have removed are the ones that keep herself entertained, and sometimes I just need time to get things done without a struggle. Do you have any tricks to helping with this, and especially the blatant looking me in the eye and doing exactly the opposite of what I'm asking of her? One other question. Do you have any pointers to keeping her from throwing food? Same as above. She knows very well she isn't supposed to, but looks at us, puts her hand over the side, full of food, and as soon as we notice, drops or throws it. 
Thanks so much for doing this podcast. I enjoy listening to them. I also enjoy hearing about your race and training adventures. I look forward to hearing what you have to say. So Rebecca, I can totally picture all this happening. Testing boundaries is definitely part of toddlerhood and some kids more blatantly test the limits with that look that you're talking about than others. So I do have several suggestions for each of these scenarios. I wanna start with a general rule or question and the rule is this. Try to align with the side of yes or permission wherever possible. So let's start by applying this with the first one, the cupboards. What is the reason for her not being allowed to get into these two cupboards? Now you may have a perfectly good reason for this, so it's not to say that she should be allowed in there at all, but sometimes we parents go to an automatic no because it's easier or because we're concerned they will get hurt or make a mess or what have you, when really it could be just that we don't wanna be inconvenienced. Now a good example of this that happens a lot when kids are older is they'll ask, can I see if Jude can play? And the parent's automatic answer is no. We go to no because we don't want to have to make the plans, drive them over, or have an extra kid in our house, and so we just automatically say no. In our mind, we're just thinking, I'm busy, I can't be bothered, and we just say no. So I ask this question to help you really think about the why behind it. If it's still a no, then that's fine. That's a boundary you want to set and keep. But if you realize it's just because she pulls out too much stuff, and maybe that's not such a big deal, then you can make it something that's not off limits. Now here's the thing about toddlers. This is the first push for independence. So the more we say no, the more they want to try or do whatever that is, especially if they're more persistent. And it sounds like your daughter is. So if you're going to say no, you need to make sure it's a boundary you're ready to hold. But the cupboards are an easy one to fix because childproofing for anything we don't want kids getting into is the easiest way to do that. Now we had those magnet locks on our kitchen cabinets and maybe they have something newer or even better by now. I don't know, this was a while ago, but I love those. We had like three of the magnets though, and we always put them in the corner of one particular cabinet, so we always had one handy. So if one or two of them got misplaced for a few hours, we always had at least one in that cabinet. But this way, she can pull all she wants on those cupboards and she is not getting in. And it really makes your job easier. You can also set those so the magnet is needed or not. So as your child ages, you can open up the access. So. When she's four, she can get into the pots and pans, but still not the knife drawer. So I highly recommend those. And I would let my kids play with the pots and pans when I wanted, and when I said no, I didn't have to keep going over and dealing with keeping that boundary. Putting the stuff away, shutting the door, pulling them away, putting them behind a baby gate, or what other method you'd have for keeping them out of that cabinet. The magnet locks did it for me. Now, when we come back, after a word from our sponsor, I will address the other concerns, the one, two, three magic, the slide, and the food throwing. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. 
air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T. P-U-R-O-A-I-R dot com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads, love where you live. Now that we're back after the break, I'm going to get to the rest of Rebecca's questions. So one, two, three magic. She's counting with you. It sounds really cute. She may or may not be trying to distract you, but this is a tactic some kids will use to try to unnerve or upset the flow of the discipline. Usually they'll try to interrupt or say something like, just one second, I need to grab Teddy or whatever else excuse they use to derail you. So just ignore it and keep moving forward. Finish counting and follow through on the consequence that you gave. So if it's, I need you to sit down on the slide or I will get you down. Then when you get to three and she's still standing, you just take her down just as if she hadn't been counting with you. Now, speaking of the slide, I want to cover another tool. Because during toddlerhood, there's such a push for independence and there's so much testing of boundaries. You know, we say up, they say down. We say black, they say white. You really want to try to state everything in the positive. So instead of, please don't stand on the slide, you want to say, we need to sit down when we slide. You want to always try to state everything in the positive. You want to tell your kids what to do, not what not to do. Because as soon as you tell them what not to do, that's exactly what they want to do. And so instead of, that cabinet is off limits, you need to stay out of there, you'd want to give her some ideas of something she could do. So you can go take this toy and play with this over here. You can solicit her help in the kitchen if there's something that she could do to help you, even if it's totally fake. Have her pretend to cut up vegetables or anything else that she wants to do. Or if she has some play food, she could sit on the floor and pretend to help you fix dinner with her own food toys on the floor. So also along with the slide, I'm gonna go back to the original rule I posed, which is asking yourself if the no rule should be a solid no rule. So my question about the slide is, how hurt will she get if she falls off? 
I'm guessing it's one of those small plastic slides, not a full-sized one. If it's full-sized, you probably want to keep it put away for a while. She's just obviously not ready to follow your instructions on how to use it safely. But if it's a small one and it's on grass or on rubber padding, etc., and she's not going to get real hurt if she falls down, I would just use a reminder. Remember, if you fall down, you might get hurt. Now we say might or may, not you will get hurt, because then if she doesn't get hurt, you just lost some credibility. Now I remember Carter had this habit of pushing against the table with his feet when he was in his booster seat, when he was about that age. He would get bored or he'd be done eating or whatever, and the next thing you know, his feet are pushing against the table and his chair's rocking back. I warned him on several occasions, if you push the table with your feet, your chair might tip all the way over and you might get hurt. Now the booster was a full back with padding. So I knew if he fell back, he would land on that. His head would hit the top of the booster with all the padding on it, it's like a full chair. But sure enough, one day he did and he went back. Not only that, but he did a back roll out of the booster seat and into the playroom onto the carpet. Now he wasn't hurt at all, but it sure did scare him and he never did that again. So sometimes those natural consequences are the best ways to teach a lesson. If it does happen though, try not to use the I told you so language. Just explain cause and effect. I see you were standing up on the slide and you fell off. That must have hurt. And of course you also want to soothe and cuddle while you're giving that explanation. You can still cuddle and soothe and help your child feel better, but also explain the cause and effect of that situation. Now, there's not really anything you can do about that blatant look of challenge. The best things are to follow through the guideline of, is this a boundary I really need to set? And if so, just be ready to follow through with one, two, three magic or by taking whatever away that you said you would. Now, of course, using the tool of childproofing to keep yourself from having to supervise so closely. So if the slide really is too dangerous, putting that away until she's a little bit more ready to listen and follow the directions on that. And the same thing with the kitchen cabinets, just childproof those so she can't get into them. Same thing with any rooms we don't want our kids to get into. Instead of constantly telling them that room is off limits, you can't go in that room, please stay out here. You can just put one of those um, childproof doorknobs on so they can't get into rooms or cupboards or anything else that they really shouldn't be getting into. It makes our job easier and it really sets that limit that there's no way they can get around. As for throwing food, when she does this, you can give a warning. If you throw the food, it tells me you're finished eating and I will take you down. As soon as she throws it or drops it, okay, I can see you're done eating and then you can take her down. Now, it's up to you if you wanna let her try again five minutes later if she really hadn't eaten anything and you think she's really hungry. Or if you think she was pretty close to being finished anyway, you can just finish up with that, take her down and that's, that's the end of that meal. If you do allow her to get back up to eat and she does it a second time, then she's definitely done for that meal. Also, Rebecca, I'm glad you enjoyed my racing updates. So I'll share a super quick one. My next race is five and a half weeks away, but I've been dealing with knee issues lately. It's swelling up every two weeks and it turns out I don't need a new knee. So I'm really happy about that. It seems like anytime I have a joint problem, I hear I need a new one. So I'm so tired of that news. So I'm glad that that wasn't it, but I'm now in physical therapy trying to get my patella to track better. So I'm feeling good about my swimming and my biking, but, but unfortunately the running has really been a challenge. So we'll see how the rest of this training finishes up and how the race goes for me. So on to our next question from Renee who writes, Hi Erin, I've been listening to your podcast and classes and trying to implement your tactics regarding positive parenting for about two to three weeks. I have a very active, sensitive, and less adaptive son who just turned four. 
We have moved houses about three months ago to a new town, and we also have a new baby who is now six months old. Obviously, this is quite a change. My husband is in the military, and we can be away for months at a time. We've been having some power struggles and tantrums, which I think have worsened since we moved. Basically, whenever my four-year-old feels strongly about something or is getting tired, he becomes very aggressive. He starts yelling, roar, into my face, and when I get down to talk to him. This was leading to hitting, but having been told not to hit, he is now pinching. We were using a naughty chair concept from the super nanny before I started listening to you, but now I'm trying to talk to him, stay calm, and do your steps like it's a tantrum. But I'm just feeling a bit confused and overwhelmed as to what is helping and what is not. This seems to stop it turning into a full-on meltdown, but it's not stopping the pinching. It seems like he's trying to get a reaction from me. It's very concerning because I feel like he's trying to hurt me. I'm just not sure what to do in the throes of him pinching me. Maybe paying him attention when he's doing this is reinforcing the behavior? Should I be walking away? We have a big chat afterwards and he knows to apologize, but the behavior continues next conflict. He was an early talker and really didn't have a lot of tantrums until the last nine months or so. I'm frightened he won't be able to play properly with other kids. He actually pinched my mother-in-law just this week when she was watching the kids for me. He did calm and apologize quickly, according to my mother-in-law, but I'm just horrified it happened in the first place. Also, we have the six-month-old, and I notice my four-year-old can be quite rough with him. We keep saying gentle hands, but I was just wondering if there is a better way. I don't want to discourage interaction, but I can't have him hurting the baby. I have just started to say, you're such a big, strong four-year-old now, so it's easy for your strong muscles to hurt your little brother. I don't know if this is the right tact. I really appreciate any tips you might have for this situation. So this is a great question with a lot of great detail from Renee. And first I want to say there are a lot of changes. So this is not a surprise that he's struggling a little bit with behavior, probably more so than he would have um, if there weren't so many changes that happened so quickly. So also any aggressive behavior, the hitting, the kicking, the punching, pinching, throwing toys, while normal at four, toddlers up through four tend to react aggressively as their brains are still developing when they get overwhelmed with frustration and anger. So they tend to act out physically, so this is not uncommon. But you just wanna to work to teach better ways of reacting, which is what you're doing. So just like the hitting, pinching would be obviously a no tolerance on the no tolerance list. So having a talk with him anytime he's calm about the pinching. It seems that now that we have told you you're not allowed to hit, that you've replaced it with pinching. But pinching still hurts, so this is not okay. Me, your grandma, or any friend are not going to want to play with you when you pinch. So you need to find a better way to share your frustration. The next time you pinch me, I will get up and walk away because I don't like it. Then when it happens, you want to do just that. You can say, you can either just not say anything or you can remind him pinching hurts i don't like to be pinched so i don't want to play right now i'll come back in five minutes and we can try again then when you do come back you can talk to him about it what was he feeling what could he do instead of the pinching that kind of thing coach him through it if he doesn't have answers then you can prompt him with answers it will probably take a few coaching sessions depending on how much it bothers him that you got up and left it could turn around really quickly or it could take a few weeks to start to sink in. Now, I would stay close when he's around his baby brother. Toddlers are known to be little stinkers at times with baby siblings. It's totally normal. There's going to be some sibling rivalry in there. And since babies can't talk, it's common to see what they can get away with. Meaning the toddler, what the toddler can get away with since the baby can't tell on them. Now, whether he were having this pinching issue or not, I would recommend to always stay close and be watching 
just as much as possible anyway. I know it's not always totally possible, but just be aware that this is a common issue and to do the best you can. As far as facilitating positive interactions between the two brothers, you can try to guide their interactions. Let him know what his brother can do and let him do that with him, whether it's rolling the ball back and forth, showing him how to stack blocks, and those types of things. Lots of encouragement and positive feedback when he plays positively with his brother about how he taught his brother something new or look how he makes his brother laugh or smile. This will teach him what you like to see and that having positive interactions with his brother makes everyone happy, you, his brother, and he'll feel really good about himself too. Children love to see their effect on the world and him seeing that he can make a positive effect like teaching his brother something new or making him laugh or smile will be a huge positive feedback for him and he'll want to do more of that. Now, he probably is not pinching you to hurt you on purpose. Empathy is just starting to come on board at three And so at four, it's really, really underdeveloped. And it takes six to seven years for it to develop more fully. So he really doesn't realize the cause and effect of the pinching, that it will actually cause pain in you. But he's probably doing it to get your attention. So the language that I gave you, I don't like pinching, pinching hurts, is what will start to teach him that empathy piece of it, that there is an effect of his pinching, and that's that it hurts you. So working on the positive attention, positive reinforcement, and spending a little time with him just one-on-one each day, even if it's just playtime or a book, will also help him feel special, get him that attention that he needs, and helps to cut down on the negative things to get attention. And also what you've been doing, letting him know when he's getting too rough is just fine, just the way you have been. Bigger kids don't realize their strength. So reminding him is great. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, or if this topic stirred up more questions for you, feel free to reach out by sending an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.